Welcome to Got Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co host, John Gassman. And tonight, hey, hey. hey yeah. JG, tonight we are getting into the serious business on family business. And joining mm. us is CEO of Pacoa, Steve Geismar. And for those of you who don't know, Pacoa is the leading wholesale distributor of paint hardware, and lumber supplies in the tri-state area. And now, the reason we're getting into family business and what that's about, and if you're listening and you've even worked for a family business, it's a fascinating, fascinating world. Don't you think, JJ? Yeah. Did you know that family-owned businesses generate over 60% of this country's employment and they account for over 75% of all new job creation? I believe it. You know, also the studies have shown about 35% of Fortune 500 companies were originally family owned. Really? Yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty big and impressive statistics. And the greatest part of America's wealth lies with family owned businesses making up probably close to I'd say close to about 80% of all business enterprise in the continental United States. Well, that's interesting, but did you know that according to mm. the fa- I know to according you know? to according to the Family Business Institute and check out these statistics only 30% of family owned businesses last into the second generation yeah only 12% remain viable in a third generation wow and worse than that 3% only 3% of family owned businesses are able to operate into a fourth Generation. Well, that this is going to be an exciting show because it's near and dear to my heart as my grandfather started our family business back in 1926. Yes, and Steve's grandfather as well. And, you know, the wisdoms from the two of you, I can't even imagine. So uh, we'll be right back. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. You're listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co host, John Gassman, a.k.a. JG, and you can find us here every Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Find out more about us at Gut Wisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. Who we have here, JG? Steve Geismar, CEO of PICOA, third generation business owner. Yeah, so mm. so Steve, before we start talking to Steve, because uh, Steve's been actually a client of my company, Paracore Solutions, since 2009 and I have to tell you having Steve here in the studio with us um, makes me smile but I'm wondering if he thinks that I'm crazy because as a human capital management company uh, a what that's what pair does we help obviously we help businesses with their people and so we've been helping Steve <laughs> since 2009 but what is also interesting just a bit of trivia is that Steve is a real trooper especially when it comes to <laughs> Me, because wasn't too long ago, maybe two or three years ago, uh, we were doing a reality uh, TV pilot, uh, a sizzle reel, and Steve volunteered to participate. And uh, oh my goodness, yeah, gracious. that show almost got picked up. Steve volunteered with his arm behind his back. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, must have been twisted. <laughs> and and now, Steve, you're sitting here in the studio, and uh, you're not surprised, are you? 
with my arm twisted behind my back. <laughs> well, welcome. Very exciting to have you here. Yeah, and a little bit of background, Steve. Yeah. And please jump in and correct me at any time that I'm wrong. So Steve is the CEO of Pacoa. And what does Pacoa do, Steve? We are a wholesale distributor of paint, hardware, and lumber supplies, serving independent dealers throughout New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. In the tri-state. So didn't start that way in uh, 1969, did it? No, it didn't. It started in the basement of my father's house, where my grandfather and my father were peddlers out of the basement, the garage, and the trunks of their cars. Wow. What year did that start in? 69, as Deirdre just said. 1969. So what were your memories back then of Dad and uh, Grandpa uh, Teddy, right? What, yes. what did you see? What, what did you think was going on? A bunch of hard work, a bunch yeah. of guys that had passion to feed their families, uh, to grow a business. You had a father, my grandfather, and you had a son, my father, who had different views, but at the end of the day, they had a common goal, and the common goal was to grow a business, build a brand, service their customers. Did you know that that was something that you'd get involved in? Did you sort of like see it from this outside, you know, like that's what my dad and my grandfather are doing, it has nothing to do with me. How much of what they were doing did you really know about? Mm. The part of the business that I understood, I was 11 years old, was we went down into the basement of the home every night, six nights a week for three hours, and we assembled paint roller frames. So I understood that if we didn't go downstairs and we didn't assemble these Paint Paint roller frames, we didn't eat. So I understood whatever we produced that day, my father and my grandfather would sell and deliver in the next two days. Wow. Uh, It took me three or four years, and then I realized that was going to be my destiny is to work with these guys. Wow. And did you have siblings, I know? I have an older sister and a younger sister. And did either of those sisters come down into the basement every night? Every night. Really? We did it for three years. My My mom, my dad myself and my two sisters. Wow. So how old were you when you knew, would you say? I would say I was 14, 15 years old that I knew I was going to be in this in this industry, in this business with my dad and my grandfather as long as he was around. Because you wanted to. Sort of was in my blood. My grandfather was a paint salesman. He came over from Germany in 1923. Mm-hmm. I used to spend a weekend, a, a summer, a week of summer with him and travel to the stores and... Uh, as I said, it's in my blood. It's something I know since I'm five years old. Interesting. What an, what an experience well, having j- the opportunity to work with him. I had the privilege of working with my grandfather up until I was 32 years old. He wow. worked on a Friday, wasn't feeling well, he passed on a Sunday. Wow. Oh. Wow, Steve. He was my best friend in life. Oh, Steve. So, no, don't don't so, awe. It was a privilege. Yeah. Suffi- I, I, suffice I get it, it to say that he was a mentor. Oh, Yes, he was my best friend in life other yeah. than my wife. And JG, what's yes. interesting, as you know, the two of you know, but our listeners don't know, so let's fill them in. Uh, not only do you both have four children, <clears throat> I think Steve may have more dogs than you do, JG. However, your grandfather. No, my children aren't dogs. Literally, <laughs> no, dogs. No, no. Yeah, five, woof. Five dogs. Woof. Yes, woof. More dogs than children. Yes. <laughs> Um, so JG's family, I don't know if you're aware, um, Steve, in 1926, JG's grandfather, Alexander Gassman, right, started 
the accounting firm. That's correct. And then your dad, Mel Gassman. Yes. Went into that business. Yes. And you. Been, you must have really been doing a lot of due diligence and stalking on the internet to get all these all Well, I've known you now seven years. Oh, oh okay. I've, I've met Mel Gassman. Yes, you have. And May Gassman, of course, who Mom. was also in the business. So, so. Yes, any, everybody's in the family. So obviously, the a different kind of a business, a professional services business. So I don't, unless you. Grandpa Alex and uh, and Papa Mel were doing tax returns in the basement. What was it growing up seeing? What did you know about that? I knew one thing. What? I was never going into the family business. You Why? Know, I grew up, you know, my, my grandfather worked very hard and uh, my dad also worked very hard. You know, tax season was a killer. Mm. Um, you know, and I got to sit around a dinner table and hear business talk mm. all the time. And your mom worked with your dad as well, right? My mom worked in the company, cousins worked in the company, aunts and uncles, my brother worked in the company. Wow. Everybody worked at Gasman. Yeah. Oh yes. And you, um, let me just see, you're how old? You're 52. Shh, so don't tell every oh, listener. Oh, sorry. Thanks. Well, I think everybody should know. So. When did your dad get out of the business? So that's a good question. What what do you how do you define getting out of the business? Or, because yes. Go ahead. He I think he's always been in the business and even till this day at age 90 he still provides advice advice counsel and perspective to uh many of the clients. Okay, now Steve, I've met your dad. He's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> dad, <laughs> yes. Go ahead. I said, now I'm laughing. Now you're laughing. Dad's how, how's Dad's involvement in the business now? How my, old is how my, old is Herb? My dad will be 85 next month. God yeah. bless. And he's 85 years young, and he's he hasn't been an active participant since 2004. But as JG just said, he's somebody I go to, and I kick ideas off of. We talk all the time. Amazing. And Mel Gasman is what 90? Yeah, Dad's 90, and boy, he is still with it. I mean, he's still on his game. He he's an amazing thinker, uh, very motivational, inspirational. He's an idea generator. Uh, you, you can't. I don't think you could find a guy who's smarter than uh, my dad. Yeah. What's, yeah. What's in the cat's in the kitten, right? Because <laughs> he follows in his dad's footsteps. Yeah, that's oh, true. Thank you. That's very sweet. So, Steve, in the span of almost fifty years, another two years will be fifty years for Pacoa. Right? Wow. Pacoa has developed from this small assembly line, if you will, as you described in the basement, right, of your dad's home, to what, a 90 plus, 92,000 square foot wow. distribution center, okay, with not just, you know, the rollers for, for <laughs> the frames of, of paint rollers. You have almost, what, over 15,000 products, okay? Closer to 16 today. Closer to 16. How on earth, from, from when you talk about the statistics, how few businesses, family-owned and operated businesses, make it to the second generation, gets even smaller to the third generation, yeah. and you've taken that business, do you mind sharing annual revenue? Over $60 million. Over $60 mi how, how does that happen? You've beat, you've beat the odds beyond. We're, there's got to be wisdoms in there. 
passion, mm-hmm. vision, and more hard work than you could ever imagine. Passion, vision, and more hard work than you can ever imagine, which seems to me applies to every piece of work anybody could be doing, Yeah, whether they're in a family business or not. If you want to be successful. Right. Yeah. And is there anybody, I'm just curious, anybody now, your sisters are not in the business, correct? That's correct. And JG, you said you had a lot of relatives in your family business. Where are they now? I'm the last of the Mohegans. <laughs> and you didn't want to be in it. I didn't want to be in it. And you're you're the only one in it. I'm the only one in it. How did that happen? What happened to everybody else? Did you did you Nobody fire wanted it? to work with me? <laughs> <laughs> Remember we did an episode on bully bosses? They all ran to the fire escape. They all ran out the door. No, 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 no. My grandfather retired. Right. My father retired per se. My mom retired. My brother, unfortunately, passed away. Cousin went on his own direction. Everybody got out of the business um, for whatever reason. Most of it was, you know, retirement. They got to that age where it was time. And and remember, there's a significant age difference between myself and everybody else that was in the business. Oh, sure. I yeah. mean, the generational gaps for for both of you, right. and and for mo- I mean, that's that's what it is in a family business, especially you're talking third generation here with both of you. Yeah, and trying to bridge the gap of the generations is a challenge in and of itself. Yes, the differences. What's one of the challenges, um, Steve? Did you have, let's say, with your dad as the baton was being passed from second to third generation? I don't know if I would discuss just one challenge. I think <laughs> it's numerous challenges yeah. that we we face as uh, children of business owners mm-hmm. who still have the fire in their belly, who have a different view of the business because we're trying to support our families. We're trying to grow our business. And your parent has a different horizon. They're looking to move to the next phase of their life when you're still trying to get your kids through high school, through college, and and help them foster their careers. Probably one of Uh, the biggest challenges, for sure. So at the end of the day, I think each person wakes up with a different view of how the business should be run. Yeah. And very common. And in, and in my case, I was there twenty four seven, so to speak. My dad was moving his way out of the business, and we had an understanding, unspoken, that the guy who worked the hardest, the guy who who put the effort in, made the decisions and wouldn't be second guessed. That's a very good agreement to have uh, have made and actually followed, because with the number of family businesses that I've been exposed to, right, working for and supporting. Um, there's a, there's a big challenge where you you want to have that agreement, but uh, but Dad usually doesn't agree. Had I faltered or not been successful, Dad probably would have stepped in and not agreed. But, Good point. But since I was successful, I continue to grow the business and yeah. add customers, add geography, add products. Right. What can add, you say? Add talent around me because yeah. that's the key for a family business. Yeah, is to bring people in, treat them like family. Uh huh. And now you build a culture where you surround yourself with a group of guys or gals, yeah. people. Yeah, who are part of the family. Uh, they treat it as if they own it. Yes. You compensate them accordingly. Even if you don't have any continuing family in the business, at least you can continue to grow this business for yeah. years to come. 
Yeah. Hold, hold that thought. We're we're gonna come. Uh, we're gonna be right back because uh, there's some um, a lot of wisdoms. A lot of wisdoms there to be to be shared. Stay tuned. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. Welcome back, everyone, and you are listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. Deirdre, what do you think of that? Happy to be here, <laughs> JJ. Thank you. You can find us here every Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. You can learn more about us, including where to find our podcasts of all of our shows at gutwisdom.com. And we'd appreciate if you'd like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, send us your feedback. We're always interested. Yeah. I'm JJ, along with your host, Deirdre Koppelman. We are in studio talking with Steve Geismar, CEO, Third Generation Business, PECOA. Yes. And we're talking about the family business and all the issues relating to being in a family business. So I'm curious, Dee. Yeah. So you're a first generation. I am a first generation. I started Pear in 2003 out of my basement. Yes. Looks like a lot of a lot of companies get started in the basement. <laughs> yes. And uh, do, you yeah. see, do you foresee any family members jumping in? Um, you know, it's so interesting that you ask, you know... So no, the answer is no, I don't. I have okay. two daughters. <clears throat> Both of them are on totally different you know, career paths, and I, I don't see that happening. But I will say this. Uh, many years ago, I had offered a family member's fiancé um, a All job. Right. I remember this. Mm-hmm. And he was looking for a job, and you know they were moving from the West Coast to the East Coast. And I yes. said, absolutely. you know. And over time... I really believed that he was sort of, I'll call it the succession plan, but the obviously- The parent. Yeah. <laughs> and I was excited about that. It wasn't, it didn't matter that he wasn't my son. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, and as Steve was, you know, alluding to before, how important it is in a family business, you treat the employees like they're family, even if they're not family. And everybody's one great, big, happy family. And in fact- um, that kind of uh, that kind of bit me. I I I didn't know, um, and of course now, unfortunately, in a family business, what happens? I have half of my family not talking to me. Why? What transpired? I had to fire him. Oh. I had to fire him, um, and it was it it was nothing I wanted to do, um, but I had to fire him. He sure. did something that was pretty egregious, and and was quite smug about the fact that. Yeah, it's just he made a business decision, made a judgment, and that's because what he felt like doing, and never once shared it with me, and and put me in a very uh, uh, bad situation with yeah. a client. So, you know, I'm almost—I don't want to say I don't want to see my company, you know, grow and go to another level, but I will say this because I do follow the philosophy that Steve was talking about. Is I do treat employees like family. I take it very personally when they leave, yes. like they are my children. But yeah. I could see um, some of pair employees taking over the business and and sort of bequeathing it or give, making that succession plan to them, sure. Pass even the though baton. they're not even though they're not relatives. Yeah. Um, but sometimes treating treating employees like family, even if they you. are family, can uh, cannot work out so well. Yeah, it could bite you in the rear end. What do you think, Steve? Every family business has its challenges. Yeah, I think we learn through the years, 
by trial and error, mm-hmm. as we hire people, as we work with people. I don't believe you can go to school and learn what we have learned. Not at all. Uh, right, John shaking his head there. What we've learned over the years that we've been in business. And it comes from experience. It comes from making decisions. Uh, and making mistakes. Uh, thank you. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Getting data, trying to make the right decisions. Yeah. The market around us is continually changing. Right. The world we're in today is sure. changing unbelievably fast. Yeah. The competitors are getting more fierce. They're getting larger. And when you're in a family business, uh, when you're entrepreneurial, when you're an independent, every day is, is a new challenge. Uh, the people that you hire, getting them to keep up with that and understanding and having the vision or stepping back, as you said, that person you hired made a decision without yeah. counseling you. At all. Or thinking about what the repercussions of that would be. Yeah, right. So that's the challenge as, as a business owner that we have when we entrust our people to make a decision. Yeah. And I think we've all had it. We all use it as a coaching moment. Yes. And you hope that people learn from that. And the other, I would also speak on the other side, right? Working with so many family businesses like we do across the country, um, being an employee of a family-owned business, and Steve is smiling, is not so easy for employees either. That'll be a separate episode, by the way. <laughs> um, and I encourage listeners, if you work for um, a, a family-owned business, um, email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. Tell me your stories. You do not have to tell me the family. But share the challenges of what it's like working for a family business, because it's not easy. That that you ha- Do you admit that? There are tremendous amount of landmines because it's emotional when you have family and business. Exactly. Yeah. And then to run a good business, you have to make business decisions and understand that it's not personal. Right. That it's not emotional. It's a good business decision to service the customer. Right. And if it's repeatable, it's sustainable. And those are good business decisions. Yes, they, absolutely. Well, I, I agree with you 110%. I think for a lot of the family family businesses that we've been involved with over the years, uh, and I can only speak you know, specifically for myself, the challenge that I ran into was one of respect. You know, here was my father. I'm stepping into some huge shoes. Uh, how do you gain respect of customers and clients that have dealt with this man, meaning, meaning Mel? What was that like for you? Oh, it was it was a challenge to gain respect. Right, because you were only, what, 25 when you stepped into the business? I actually became a partner at age 21. Wow. I passed CPA at 21 and I became a partner at 21. And I had a uh, another member in the firm that was there way longer than me that was significantly older than me and wasn't made a partner yet. So it was looked on, wow. you know, well, from, there you go. That from would, the that inside, would piss me that, off. that really challenged a lot of the employees. And, you know, one of the first things I did was, you know, and my father always used to say to me, when you become the boss, you can run it the way you want, Jonathan. <laughs> and my mother would, would, would just sit there and shake her head. Yeah, if you don't like the way it's done, you just suck it up for now, buttercup. And you know, when you become the boss, you do it your way. And sure enough, one of the first things that I did was I fired a few people. Oh, and wow. they all went running to my father and said, what the heck is going on here? Who is he to fire? We, 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 and what did your dad do? My father was like, he's the boss. He's it. 
Wow. You know, we're all made aware of this. It's not like it's coming from left or right field. Wow. You know, it was either shape up or ship out. And my father has a big heart, you know, very empathetic guy. He's, he yeah. doesn't like to see people go. He keeps people a long time. Well, in case so, in point, you have somebody working at the firm today years. who's been there for 35 years who worked not only for Mel, your dad. Trained under my grandfather. Trained under your grandfather, yep. which is incredible. Isn't it? Incredible. Yeah. So, Steve, did you ever have those issues with with clients where you were stepping in and people were used to working with dad and like, who are you, kid? <laughs> My focus has always been the operational side of the business, the purchasing side of the business. Um, cut my teeth in finance back in 04 when my dad stepped aside. Uh, yes, I had to prove who I was when yes. it came to being a good buyer. It, I'd have prove who I was when it came to running a warehouse or a trucking fleet. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that was first and foremost in my mind. I think you just, you step up and you get it done. Yeah. And are you on the bus or you're off the bus is what you're really asking the people that work for you. Yeah. Or your vendors have to have to appreciate you. Yeah. Did your dad ever fire you? No. I was fired. I'm not surprised. You know, there was no, you know, a lot of times people come into you know, family-owned businesses, and there's affluenza, you know, oh, I'm the son of, or oh, I'm the daughter of. And you mean I arrogance do, and a lot of ego arrogance. and And I had obnoxious. a big ego, and I was obnoxious. I was all those things, plus, yeah, plus more. I know. And I, I wasn't got, even and, there, and I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I got fired. I got wow. fired. Wow. Yeah, Mel was, fired you? My mother fired me. My <gasps> father was a softie. But I got fired because, you know what? No special privileges for you, Jonathan. Remember, she didn't call me JG right. when I was bad. I was Jonathan. What did you do that your mother fired you? Oh, I don't. I can't I don't even. I, that's a That's another time. Do you still talk about it with them now? Um, I, do they remember? Oh, my mother and father remember everything. Yeah, Gasmans remember everything. We don't let anything go by. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so, so the two of you have both, I would say, we'll call it, you know, beaten the statistics of. You know, having now grown in a, a third generation business that is clearly not part of the the statistics of failure. Do you? And I'm sure mm -hmm. you pal around with and hang around with other uh, friends of yours that also part of family business, run oh, yeah. a family business. Ha have you seen that they've all managed to be as successful? Even though I know you, I know you both, Steve. You're a client, JG. You're a partner. I know you both still have challenges, but in the meantime. You're still wildly successful. Where have you seen the family businesses match these stats and fail? And can and can you point out to like a common reason why? I I have a uh, couple of guys that I'm super super close with, who I look up to because they're 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 incredibly successful. Mm -hmm. They're incredibly smart. They did have the advantage of their father's building yes. the base for them. Sure. But they've taken it to the level yeah. far beyond their parents. And the common thread for me is, again, they're nimble. They see the market change. Yes. They change with it rapidly. Yeah. You, you're not going to survive if you didn't change. John is not an accountant who just does tax returns. No. He, He's he, a financial advisor. He doesn't even I, do tax returns I, personally anyway. <laughs> I have 16,000 items. I have a 92,000 square foot 
warehouse. We have yeah. 18 men on the road. And okay, we used to do it in New York and New Jersey. Now we do it in Connecticut. We do it in Rhode Island. We do it in Massachusetts. Yeah. You have to change. The world changes. So that's the success. I've seen some of the other stories where I've seen some friends take some family businesses and they didn't have that work ethic. They yeah. didn't have that vision and most definitely the passion because they were in work the ethic business. and passion sort of go together. What about yeah. the arrogance? You know, the thought of, again, this is coming from somebody that did not come from a family-owned business, right? Only working with them. But there's always this perception that, you know, the guys, the, the ladies that inherit uh, mom and or dad's or grandma, grandpa's business, there's, there's a perception, certainly mm-hmm. from the employees, okay, I can tell you that, that it was sort of handed to you and that yes. there's an arrogance. And, and JG admits that he was that kid, yeah. right? I wonder if you had not become less arrogant and maybe you needed to be fired, JG, to become less arrogant, 100%, right? yeah. You know, I wonder if that feeling of entitlement, I've inherited this business, has crushed some of these other family-owned businesses. Yeah. I wonder if that's even a thread. What do you think, Steve? At the end of the day, if you're in, if you're involved in a successful business, if you don't continue to nurture it, if you don't continue to feed it, if you don't continue to, to work it, and it, be will, it, will, it will not be successful no at some what. point in time because yeah. your competition or the market or the economy or regulations, whatever it might be, yeah. are going to are going to affect your your long-term health of of your business. And therefore, there is no room for arrogance. Uh, No. Exactly. No. So I have a question, actually, for both of you. Mm -hmm. You ready? Do you like my questions so far, Steve? Loving them, babe. (laughs) (laughs) They're really out there, some of them. No, we... Well, (laughs) give me... They're not that out there. No. Well, we never know what... That's because she's tiny D. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) Knowing, knowing what you both know today Mm -hmm. about your own businesses, about yourselves, about your families, your genetics, your traits and your characteristics and all these things about who you are, where you've been in your family businesses. Here's my question I want you to think about. What, first of all, would you have chosen a different path? And (coughs) if, if the answer is no, I would not have chosen a different path. What would you tell yourself what would you tell your younger self today? The, the, the key to a successful business, as I said before, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is surrounding yourself with talented people. Mm-hmm. And if I had it all to do over again, I would have brought more talented people in earlier in my business career. I've just been doing that since I met you in the last eight years. Yeah, since, wow. And... You're a mentor of mine. So had I brought in a more talented purchasing agent or uh, sales management or finance Mm -hmm. earlier, I think we would be further along to a larger company and a company that I wouldn't have to be at at my age, 59, (laughs) as hands-on. Yeah, and sure. I don't. I don't mind being an active p- participant in my business, right. but I would love to have passed the baton, as John said before, to to more people. Yeah, and have each guy running each department, and let me be the guy that comes in and and, and guides these people. Yeah. All right. So you hold that thought, JJ. I know you want to talk. Coming right back. Stay tuned. 
When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. Hey, you're back. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with JG, and tonight we are talking with CEO Steve Geismar and also JG on the life and times in family-owned businesses, <laughs> and it has been interesting. Ton of wisdom. So, Steve, you were telling us what you, knowing what you know now, what you would tell your younger self. JG didn't have a, an opportunity. First of all, do would, I have to share? Would, well, knowing <laughs> knowing what you know now, sure. Would you have taken this path in your family business? Hundred percent. I would take. I would be back exactly where I was. I would probably have made some changes along the way a little faster and quicker in terms of career path because our business, as Steve alluded to, you know, accounting totally not what I do. Right. Taxes, that was part of the business. But we changed because of the marketplace, because of the demands of the clientele that we had into more of a financial service and consulting firm to providing advice and counsel and perspective in a lot of different ways. Well, the clients that you have today, and I think this is important, aren't they also a lot of the clients that you've had in your family business for years that your dad worked with mm, though the, you know unfortunately we're beginning to see that sort of teeter down oh, yeah you know they're getting on in their years as well i'm attending unfortunately more funerals mm. than i am the weddings but i am attending the weddings of their kids and so on and so forth and so you had to change yeah totally the business. sure sure yeah as those clients aged out we had to find new and innovative ways to stay relevant. So what would you tell your younger self looking well, back? Yeah, that that's easy. Uh, you know, and Steve hit it right on the head, passion. You know, do you have the passion for what you're doing? And I didn't have the passion for part of the business, and we jettisoned that yeah. business, that part of the business. Yeah. And we keep changing, and we keep evolving because the passion goes to different places. And sometimes. your dad so was, was your dad okay with you sort of jettisoning that? Uh, at first, no, because it was like my first day of being a partner. Then <laughs> these were things that he built. This right. was his baby, but it wasn't going to be my baby. That mm-hmm. I knew. Mm-hmm. I wasn't passionate. I wasn't excited about it. We weren't making money in it. The numbers didn't make sense. So uh, there was no reason for me to continue that. Yeah. Right. So that that would be the <clears> first <throat> thing is making ensuring that you really have the passion. And the commitment to do what you really love doing. Which is, and I just have to throw this in to both of you and everybody who's here with us tonight listening. It really doesn't matter if you're in a family business, if you're the owner. It just does not matter whatever you're doing. If you don't have passion for it, it's just a, tell yourself now, figure it out. What, what, where should you be? Yeah. Um, It's never too late. I think deep down, I mean, we, we met with somebody last night, JG and I. Uh, I guess it was sort of a pseudo interview. And would you say that? Yes. And truthfully, she's an artist. She photographs. She's out there selling her paintings. And what she's really, really passionate about is absolutely nothing that we would need her to do. Right. And it was very. And she said, listen, when I when when the new owner came into the business and uh, 
I realized this was not going to be the place that I was going to hang my hat on for the next couple of years. She left. Either she was downsized or whatnot, but she left. She said, it took me a little time to get over that, but you know what? I found my passion. And she's happy. For, oh, my God. Yeah. She's excited. She goes home, and she says, you know, I go to sleep now at night. No stress. I'm happier than I've ever been yeah. before. Yeah. D- working on her photography business. Yeah. So, Steve, what, um, what can you tell us in terms of a wisdom um, in hiring somebody to work in a family business? I know it's going to sound cliche, but hire slow and fire fast. Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned through the years. Yeah. Um, use uh, assessment tools. Mm-hmm. Use professionals to help you interview these people. Yeah. Determine they will be the right person to have in your organization. Uh, determine whether they fit your culture. Yeah. Because every business has its own cu- culture, especially family businesses. Correct, yeah. Correct, John? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's not working for a 3M or a Fortune 500 company that right. has that big business culture. Um, That, I think, is the most important thing that I've learned along the way, hiring the right people, but taking the time. Uh, Deirdre, you and I worked on a project. Yes. We have a gentleman who works with us today. He's now been with us for a year and a half. Yes. And it took a year to hire a VP of sales. Correct. And uh, it has paid dividends. Yes. Absolute dividends because we did it the right way. Strategically. See, I think the the hiring of that project that we worked on, you were, uh, and we've worked together since 2009. I mean, I could tell stories, Steve, and I'm <laughs> sure you could too, right? Um, the, the, the idea of being strategic in your hiring, I think, is where you finally, where rubber met the road. It was a big position, an important position, and you knew outside resources, objective data, taking your time, okay? Um, Even if there was some pain, there was pain because we didn't have that person. We didn't know who that person was. This is the VP of sales, right? So kudos because you really, this is you growing, you know, you could talk about a family business all you want. You have to make tough decisions. We were trying to determine what the future of our sales organization will look like. Right. Not so easy. We have a bunch of guys who are unbelievable today. They've been with us for years. They're loyal as could be. They're unbelievably uh, talented at selling. Yeah. But the world is changing. I say it again. Yes. And going forward, you need salespeople who add value. Yes. And first, you have to have a leader who understands what value is. Yes. And that was how we went out and we looked for that person. Yeah. But before we were able to determine that, we had to really determine what his role was going to be, what our existing sales force, what our customer was. Yes. And we grabbed all that data and then we put it in the blender and we came out with (laughs) with the job description. Yeah. And we worked for six months after we got interview. We got uh, resumes, I, 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 interviewing, I was and there. testing. Yep. I know, I know. And you know what? It worked. It worked. And so, you know, I think about, you know, we, this show obviously it's gut wisdom, the purpose, our mission, our vision. What are we doing? So we bring on Steve Geismar, CEO of Pacoa. We've had mahogany beats. We've had we every genre of industry you can imagine. Yeah. And the purpose is, our purpose is to share wisdoms, things that our listeners 
may not pick up elsewhere, but that we can all basically get a nugget. We can always learn from somebody, even if we're not in the same shoes, even if we're not a business owner, there are wisdoms. So I would ask, Steve, you've given so many wisdoms. What's another wisdom you would just give to, to our listeners? What's a, oh wait, what's a, here I'm going to be more specific. I know. (laughs) What, What wisdom would you give to an employee that works for a family owned business? What nugget would you give them? What tip, trick, tool, or resource? Before you rephrase the question, the thought that was in my head, and it, I believe it's related, is every decision that I make as a business owner, every decision that the people that work for me make mm-hmm. affects our organization, our customer, our supplier. And none of these are taken lightly, whether they're determining who you're hiring or who you might be asking to be dehired, mm-hmm. a decision to do something for a customer that's outside of your comfort zone. So I guess to answer your question is you have to look at every decision, every process from all sides, not just how it's going to affect you, the decision maker, but again, the customer, it's a great your, wisdom. your coworker, it's huge. Yeah. Um, and your relationship with you, with your supplier and all sides of it. Yeah. Good wisdom. JG, what's a wisdom you would give our listeners? And I'll and I'll make it the same. If you if you're an employee because again, we've asked if you are an employee of a family-owned business, we'd like you to email me dk@gutwisdom.com uh, because I want to know your stories, your experiences because we know it's not difficult, right? We've got business owners in here of family-owned businesses. I work with those companies. I know it's tough to be an employee. Share your stories with me privately, confidentially, because we want your voices to be heard as well. That being said, JJ, what's a wisdom for family-owned business owners? What what would you put out there? Feedback. Oh. Communication is one of those things, and especially in a multi-generational business operation, communication styles are so different mm-hmm. from the traditional, the boomer, the X, the Y, the Z. Mm-hmm. So communication is key. And when I think about that, I always look at feedback. You know, how am I doing as an employee? How am I doing as an officer of the company? How am I doing in whatever position I am serving in? Mm-hmm. Am I am I doing what I should be doing in the best way possible? Am I using my superpowers as I talk about your unique ability? So don't be afraid to ask for feedback. And you may find out, you know what, you're in the wrong seat. And the wrong bus. And yeah. then you got to make a decision. Yeah. So feedback. But, but you said communication. Yeah. And the challenge I fa- yep. that I face on a daily basis, you're sitting in a meeting, you're talking about finance. You're sitting in a meeting, you're talking about insurance. You're to- sitting in a meeting, you're talking about pricing. You're talking about your competition. Yes. You're talking about a vendor who just bought another vendor, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to t- communicate downstream and send your message on a daily basis to your employees, who then you want to have pass it on to whoever they're connecting with, whether it be your customer or your supplier. So the communication piece, along with the feedback. Yeah, there, there's a fellow who... who I can I'm help gonna, you with that, Steve. Uh, <laughs> you've been trying for how long now, Deirdre? <laughs> you know, there, there's a fellow, he's the former CEO <laughs> of uh, Saatchi and Saatchi. His name is Robert Salert. Amazing man, and... Um, uh, the, he had this thing where he walked around Sachi and Sachi 
constantly asking, what are we doing right? What could we do better? I think he called it Dine and Dash, where he would eat with a couple of the key people, and he'd always be seeking feedback and sharing the mission, the vision, the goal, the values of the company to see how they were being, you know, how they would transcend through the organization. I, I'm blown away by that. No, I was. <laughs> Were you listening? I, well, yes. I know you are. I was listening. And that's why they were as successful as they were. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, listening, you know, we've talked about communication. Listening is 50%. Steve Act, is, active listening. Active listening. He's been trained. <laughs> wow. He's that's been impressive. Trained. So, Steve. It was a coached moment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I, uh, where can we find Pacoa? What's some social media? Where do we find you? We would be on Facebook and Instagram. And it's P-A-C-O-A, Pacoa. And of course, you can email me any questions or if you want to reach Steve, because I speak to Steve all the time. Love it. JG? What a great show. Great show. Lots of wisdoms. Lots of wisdoms. Look for our blog that comes out on Monday. Yes. You could replay this episode if you want from either iTunes or our uh, website. So a lot of great stuff out of this. Yep. And we want to thank not only Steve, I want to thank you, JG, for participating, our listeners for Mm. listening, our partners at WCBS News Radio. See you next week on Gut Wisdom.